Storygram Network. The content and products discussed in this program have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, nor are they intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Any decisions made around your health should be discussed with your health practitioner. Welcome to Body Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Morgan, Health and Human Potential Master Coach and Edutainment Curator. I started Body Talk over a decade ago in order to achieve my mission of educating and inspiring millions to a healthier way of living. Body Talk Radio is more than just a radio show. It's your gateway to information and education relevant to today's most important health topics. Delivered by top thought leaders, influencers, and world changers in the health and human potential space. If you love great health talk, listen in and join the community. Get educated, get inspired, and become a healthier you. Hello, everyone. It's Friday at 2 p.m., and I am so glad you're here with me today. I am so excited for today's show. We have my good friend, Terry Cochran, joining me today, and she's the author of the book, The Wildatarian Diet. Ah, geez. So I know that many of you that have been part of our community for a while know that we we love uh, to discuss, talk about, promote, and live eating health healthfully and eating healthy foods so but then the question becomes which way should i eat right so we've talked about lots of different dietary approaches on this show we've talked about keto we've talked we talk a lot about paleo um over the years we've talked about mediterranean low carb um you know, the difference between, you know, of all kinds of carbs, gluten-free, dairy-free, we it goes on and on, right? And I think there's one thing that everybody can agree, and that is that quality matters. So when I say quality matters, I mean, for example, you can have, and I'm just going to choose like a, a holiday, maybe food that people might see at parties, um, pigs in a blanket, right? So you've got like, Pigs in a blanket, I've seen those at parties. Kids like them sometimes at kids' parties. Those little sausages or hot dogs that are wrapped in some sort of dough, those can be super unhealthy, right? I think a lot of people would say, yeah, those probably aren't the healthiest thing on the the table, right? So you can choose to make those using the little cocktail sausages or hot dogs that are poor quality, that are full of nitrates, chemicals, um, sourced poor quality meat, um, and then wrapped in dough that is from one of those canisters that has chemicals added to it and or hydrogenated oils, all of a sudden you have a frankenfood. You have a food that isn't even really a food. It's more chemical crud than it actually is food, right? I always like to say food is actually something that grew in the ground or that had eyes, right? If it grew in the ground or if it had eyes, mm, probably our body's going to do pretty well on it. Um, if it was made in a lab, forget it, right? If it if you can't pronounce the chemicals or the words on the label, probably shouldn't eat it. Um, if it was man-made, if it came out of a package or a box where it's been processed to the point where it's it's 
it's uh, no longer a food, probably not going to be so great for you. And if you really examine your diet, if you really examine, I always tell people, have a journal, a food log every day, write down everything you eat or drink, right? And then start to dissect it. Start to dissect what you really ate and what was the source of it, right? So if it came out of a box or a package, that's a non-food, not going to be good for you. If it came out of the ground and it was not sprayed with chemicals, um, and you know, a lot of times they'll spray pesticides, herbicides, things like that on the vegetables, fruits, whatever they are, that's not going to be so great for you either. We've talked about it. Quality is everything. You want to source your foods um, as high quality as possible, which would mean as unadulterated as possible um, from high quality soil. If you're getting fruits and vegetables, you want to make sure that they're organic because you want to make sure that the soils are not leached, that the soils haven't been so um uh, leached and overused in the whole process of commercial food engineering is, you know, they just, the way they treat the soils really depletes them. So now the vitamins, the minerals, the microorganisms that were in those soil, in that soil, are far less than what they typically would be with organic soil. And and so the vegetable or fruit or whatever you're you're consuming that grew in the soil is only going to be as healthy as the richness of the soil and hopefully chemical free. So we're going to go get the phone. We have Terry joining us. Hello, Terry. Hi, my dear. How are you? I am so great. And I'm so excited because I've been telling the audience about you for quite a while. And I've shared the concept of wilditarian with my audience many times in the past. And finally, here we are. Thank you so Yay. much. Yes. So grateful. Oh, likewise. Likewise. We've got a lot of pretty excited people here. So lots of questions about what wilditarian is. So I'd love to just jump in a little bit and hear from you, the expert. If you could tell our listeners in our community, first of all, um, tell us what wilditarian is. So wilditarian, I called it a diet and I was very yeah. intentional about calling it a diet, but it's way more than a diet because actually in the book, mm-hmm. I redefine diet from a low vibration really short-term deprivation-based definition to diet, meaning everything we consume in life, Uh, Mm. not just our food, but our thoughts, our environment, Mm. who we hang out with. And so shifting the word diet to that which is abundant and sustainable already Mm. creates a biochemical transformation in our body by associating the word diet with something that is expansive rather than contractive. Mm. So it really is a lifestyle of abundance and possibility and one that marries your genetic blueprint tendencies with your current state of health. Mm. Love it. And so, thank you. And so the wildatarian diet was really born from an end-stage cancer client that I had that had a very rare form of cancer called amyloidosis. And he had uh, 
attempted two rounds of chemo, which had put him into congestive heart and kidney failure. So Uh he had been given, it was very, very acute, um, and he had been given his last rites and told to go home. But somehow his wife, who happens to be a producer for CNN, Mm -hmm. uh, found out about me, Mm -hmm. and um, they brought him to see me, Mm -hmm. and I did not know about amyloids at this time. It was around um, seven or eight years ago. But at, this, at that time, I had on my staff an expatriate from the National Institutes of Health, and she was a genetics researcher. Mm. And so she was always doing, uh, going out and looking up research for me, and I asked her to go find out what these amyloids are. And as we discerned, we were able to figure out that amyloids were truncated protein structures, mm-hmm. but why had they accumulated so much in his body? And through a couple of studies that she found out of Cambridge in Japan, she was able to discern that these amyloids were actually being born in large part from our food supply, and in particular, mm-hmm. chicken and beef. And the traditional protocol for chemotherapy is after chemo, you, you protein load because mm-hmm. chemo disrupts the proteins. And in his case, the protein loading was actually feeding the amyloid structures, right. which were feeding his cancer. And so we know that amyloids are part of our natural internal balancing system, but when these amyloids are where we're actually eating them, we actually hit a tipping point and not able to process them. Plus, these amyloids are aberrant because they're coming from an external source, not an internal source. And so the tenets of the wildetarian diet and lifestyle is to be low amyloid because this gentleman is, is... walking the planet seven years later and cancer-free. Oh, no um, way. <laughs> yeah, so it's really, it's really a beautiful story. Oh, my and, God. Um, and you, it's, it's, yes, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know everybody's going to feel like they're hanging a little bit. So we fast forward to today. So glad to hear the great, great results. But if he had been given his last rites, and then here he is today walking this earth, and would you? What was the process there? He came to see you, and what did you do? So initially, we put him on a vegan wildetarian diet. So he also had sulfur processing issues. He could not process um, even turmeric because he had certain genetic predispositions mm-hmm. that downregulated his phase one liver detoxification pathways. Mm-hmm. And we know that turmeric is all the rage right now, mm-hmm. but not for everyone. And right. that's when when people ask me, "Is this good for me?" and my my answer is maybe <laughs> because yeah. it depends, depends on your genetics and depends on how your genes and your body is acting at the time. Yeah, I have so, a I have a sulfur um, genetic sulfur issue as well. I don't go. process it well at all. I have to really be careful. And I, as do I. So yeah. I have a sulfur processing issue. I've got a cytochrome P450 issue, which that is phase one liver detoxification. So turmeric kicks my backside. Oh my as gosh! Does right. Garlic and broccoli and same cabbage eggs. Yep. Yep. So, so his his trajectory was one because he, he was in kidney failure as well. He was initially vegan, low sulfur, low mycotoxin because mm. now we know that mycotoxins are these fungal metabolites found in corn, that's and right. peanut, and soy. 
And so, you know, even people that come to me that say, well, I'm gluten-free, well, that's good, but it may not be good enough because if you're substituting right. gluten for corn, then corn that's is right. a mycotoxin, that's right. which is creating biofilm, which then yep. feeds amyloids, which then that's starts right. to okay. Oh, my gosh. I just read about that whole sort of mycotoxin connection with amyloid. I just read this somewhere. Someone just sent me an article. Uh, well, I've been writing about it, um, oh. and... So I think that, that I, I may be pioneering in that. Yes, I think you are. I think you are, and and it's it's truly fa- fascinating work, and just the whole cancer connection with mycotoxins. Yes, mm-hmm. mycotoxins and amyloids, mm-hmm. and um, so we made him a vegan, and then he slowly started moving into a little bit of fish, and then he started moving into a little bit of wild game. And he just got stronger and stronger. And within three months, the light chain, which is the marker for the amyloids, were normalized. And then he was able to restart chemotherapy. And this time, we were able to make his body robust enough to manage the chemo. And and therefore, he he really did very, very well. So this Um, is just with diet, just with shifting his diet. Well, we shifted absolutely. Diet was one of the, I call diet food the alpha and the omega, but we also introduced some supplements to support the sulfation pathway. Yes, we helped good. supplements to support his phase one liver detoxification. Mm-hmm. And there was some proteolytic enzyme therapy mm-hmm. to help break down those amyloids. Um, so it was very, very personalized plan. Sure. And, and definitely working concurrently with the oncologist and so forth. But mm-hmm. it really helped. I really believe that that as, and we have it in his, he's one of our testimonials in our book saying his, his wife, wife wrote, there is the truth that really the food can be the difference between life and death. Mm. Um, and that was the case for him. 100%. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. That is so huge. Of and it's, it's, I think people just underestimate, you know, everybody tends to just go right for, uh, you know, there's that whole fear mode with cancer and let's just go for, you know, all the big guns and try to kill it. But I think people way underestimate the power of when you get the right diet dialed in for you, for your needs and genetics are a huge part of this. It sounds like, sounds like you are, are on board with that as well. Yeah. Um, truly, truly can be life, life changing and altering and, and saving in some cases. Indeed. And, and, you know, the wildatarian construct really goes under the umbrella of the big three that I call it, uh, which is sidebar, uh, a fourth little, uh, kind of a little cousin. And it's really protein, fat and sulfur malabsorption. And then we also speak in the book around oxalate metabolism. Mm. And so that's really the construct of that, because I find that when we address those big factors, yes, the body resolves itself. Um, as a matter of fact, today it was really uh, interesting. I had a gentleman who comes to see us who's doing very well, and he he flew in his parents in from out of the country because his dad was very, very um, critically um, underwell. I don't like to say ill, sure. but underwell. And he had significant arthritic issues and blood pressure was high and Within two weeks of starting our food plan, he said he called up his son because he was getting ready to go to the Mayo Clinic. He called up his son crying, saying, I'm actually going to the gym. So it was just, you know, um, and these stories are not, and I'm not exaggerating on any level. I just heard that this morning. And so we really do know that I believe nothing is impossible Mm. if we can, if we can understand the why. So when people come to see our practice, and I have a naturopathic doctor that works with me, I'm less concerned about what you're calling, what 
you have, you know, air quotes, I'm more interested in why is the body doing what it's doing and how can we unwind that so we can get back to balance. Mm, It's so, so true and such important work that you're doing. And, you know, like I said, I told the audience, been looking forward to having you here for quite a while and just the impact that you're having and, and in hearing all the great stories and, and, you know, the, the, the science, you know, you're combining, you know, science with, with all the other really important aspects that not everybody tends to, you know, which is that bio individuality, but then all of the other concepts related to, you know, how we live our lives. And, and I just, the work that you're doing is masterful. So I'm super excited to continue. Thank you. Yeah. To dive in. And, um, we actually have a break right now. So, um, what I'd like to do is have you just hang tight, if you will, please, Terry and, um, and everybody else, we're going to go here from our sponsors and then we'll come right back. And then what I'd love to do is just a little dive further into the diet itself a little bit. Um, if you don't mind. Not at all. I look forward to it. Okay, excellent. We will be right back. You're listening to Body Talk with Heather Morgan, sponsored by EA is CrossFit. More information at 415-314-1399 or at eacrossfit.com. Whole Foods Market, located in the Sonoma Marketplace at 201 West Napa Street. You can contact them at 707-938-8500 or visit them on the web at wholefoodsmarket.com. Myers Financial, located at 670 West Napa Street in Sonoma. Myers Financial is a boutique wealth management firm. So whether you need personal or business financial management, wealth management, tax planning, or income tax preparation, Myers Financial is here to help. For more information, you can call Lillian at 800-734-1120. 24 or visit their website at myersfinancial.com. It's Friday, the 15th of November, 2019. This is KSBY 91.3, your voice of the valley. Checking out weather. Got some patchy fog early this morning, otherwise becoming pretty nice today. Sunny and the high near 71. Clear skies tonight, 37 the low. Saturday and Sunday look for exactly the same days. Very pleasant sunshine, the high in the mid to upper 70s, with 38 the low Saturday night. We are your voice of the valley and your only nonprofit radio and TV station. Community owned, and we rely on your exquisite donations and any help that you can bring us to keep us on the air and keep you informed in any and all events. All right, everybody, we are back. I'm so glad you're joining me here today. We are talking to Terry Cochran, the author of The Wild Vegetarian Diet, and welcome back to the show. Thanks so much. Glad to be with your audience. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, so I'm a fan, obviously, of you <laughs> and your book. You know that. Um, and the work that you do. It's truly, truly amazing. And so the Wild Vegetarian, this whole concept, people are super eager to, to, to hear more about it. So tell us about this diet. And also, before we jump in, can you tell us... The book is amazing. Um, one of the favorite books that I own, that I'm I literally like my daughter. I, anyway, I'll tell you more stories later because you and I always share good stories. But how do people get your book and tell us your website? So you can find my book on Amazon and it's both. You can have a hard copy or a Kindle version. 
Okay. And also you can find it through my website. And my website is just my name, terrycochran.com. T-E-R-I. I and then Cochran with an E dot com. So I'm pretty easy to find. And if you, I invented the word wildatarian. So if you just uh, Google the word wildatarian, you will find me in my book. Such a great name, by the way. Thank you. Fantastic. And okay, so tell us about this 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 dietary approach. So the dietary approach is really based on knowing that there's no one food for everyone Mm -hmm. and no one supplement for everyone and no one diet for everyone uh, across the span of your lifetime. And so this diet, by taking a quiz, will will put you into four what we called wild types. And those four wild types are under the construct of the big three of protein, fat, and sulfur malabsorption. And then also if you have an oxalate sensitivity, it'll it'll knock you into being a low sulfur, uh, excuse me, low oxalate wildatarian. So what we found was when we look at the interplay between sulfur and protein and fat and then oxalate, uh, it really, they ping pong our system into reactivating viruses, turning on uh, the pathogenicity of bacteria and fungi like streptococcus and candida, which have been implicated in diabetes and in mental health uh, disorders and in um, Mm. joint uh, conditions. And so what happens is when we're feeding our body these what I call air quote healthy foods, for example, Mm -hmm. kale, uh, killer kale, (laughs) as I call it. (laughs) And uh, my my segment on Bulletproof uh, Radio will air later this month, and and Dave Asprey and I were were teasing about killer kale. I love it. um, It's it's both an oxalate and um, a a high sulfur compound. Mm -hmm. So if you have a genetic predisposition, uh, having that sulfur um, gene polymorphism and some oxalate, polymorphisms, and you also potentially have some polymorphisms being genetic uh, predispositions of not being a robust uh, metabolizer of mold, Mm -hmm. then that really becomes a firestorm in your body because Mm -hmm. the the healthy foods are actually tripping Mm -hmm. mechanisms in our body, which then will exacerbate certain um, pathogens, which then trip our genetics which then create a state of disease. And, and, that, so, and that's what, exactly my situation. And that's, you know, that's why I was so drawn to your work, because that is me to a T. Mold sensitivity, wow. Lyme, you know, all of it, the vi- viruses, the bacteria, the whole thing. And the healthier I got, the more issues arise, right? And then, like, right. having a sensitivity to aspergillus, and that's in all the fruits and vegetables, right? So it is, and especially is, some of the nuts too. Can some of the nuts contain oxalates and mold, and so you're getting like yes. a one-two punch, in particular peanuts. Mm. Um, I've been asked, "What is one food I will never put on my plate?" And I would say peanuts from the U.S. because mm. not only do they have mycotoxins, they have aflatoxins, which have been linked as a carcinogenic substance. Yep. Plus, they're super high oxalate, mm-hmm. um, and they're highly acid. So mm-hmm. peanuts, and you know, a lot of our athletes just down peanut butter all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, and peanut butter, I, I say, can contribute to your diabetes. If that peanut butter is, is creating um, a biofilm, which is feeding a strep antibody, we've linked strep antibodies with dysregulating the insulin receptor sites on our pancreatic cells. Wow. And so... 
peanut butter can actually contribute to diabetes, and we've seen that over and over again here in our practice. And it just becomes firestormy. So when you look to which wild type you are, and you're going to either be a basic wildetarian, meaning you're just going to be watching those high amyloid foods of um, chicken, beef, pork, and turkey, and chicken, what I call the dirty bird, because study shows it has the highest amyloid count. And why is that? Um, Studies out of Michigan State show that... um, Crowding conditions really affect the tissues of the birds and mm-hmm. uh, because chickens are generally crowded and, and they have such a lo- uh, short lifespan, so they're actually passing on their DNA to their next offspring. They become the most amyloid-rich of the, of the um, animals. And actually, chicken has also been linked to a lot of E. coli, coli bacteria, sure. again, making biofilm, biofilm feeding amyloids, that right. whole, that whole uh, cascading um, event. So we want to be low amyloid and we may want to be low sulfur if we have that genetic predisposition and we've had a history of arthritis or um, 73% of rheumatoid arthritis has been linked to impaired sulfur processing yep. and, and or if we have ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, mm-hmm. um, mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason why sulfur has become such a big bad boy mm. Seven years ago, I have triple sulfur genes, but seven or mm-hmm. polymorphism. Seven years ago, I was eating all sorts of sulfur and cruciferous vegetables because the cruciferous vegetables actually have right. indole carbonyl, which are anti-cancer. That's right, of course. They are. They have some really good properties. Mm-hmm. But what's happened? And Stephanie Setup, Dr. Stephanie Setup out of MIT, who's this brilliant biochemist, has illuminated this beautiful. Well, it's not quite beautiful, but she's beautifully illuminated why we're having such problems. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's linked it back to glyphosate, which is the pesticide, mm-hmm. uh, an ingredient within the pesticide of Roundup. Absolutely. And so Roundup has contributed to our body's inability to convert sulfur to its end state, which is sulfate which is so important for our endocrine system and our neurotransmitters and our gut health. And so that, which is supposed to be healthy for us, is getting stuck in this intermediary metabolite where we can't process it. And so these healthy foods become anything but healthy for us. And so I've been known to say that chicken and broccoli may actually be poison on your plate. Mm, And so... Right, and who knows, right, because that's what you're told to eat. You want to go to the white meat, and you want to have these, these anti-cancer, uh, phytonutrient-rich foods, but, you know, uh, consumer beware, and we have to be aware of what our body's doing, and if you are one of those, myself included, we have to be really careful. I've not eaten a piece of chicken in two years, two and a half years. So, okay, so I know there's going to be people out there right now who are thinking, okay, how do I know if I'm one of those people? How do I know if I can have chicken or if I can have broccoli or is this, would this be the quizzes in your book? Yes, the quiz and it's also on my website. So you can go to my website and take the quiz and it'll pop you out as to which wild type you are. But I also in the book talk about um, learning how to do body talk and being your own body interpreter because the body is constantly sending us information. It's just that we've not been trained and we're not facile in understanding what our body is saying. So Mm -hmm. how do we know if we might have protein malabsorption? Well, a really big and and one of the most obvious is if you go to your doctor and you do your annual test and you have protein in your urine Mm -hmm. um, or you have elevated bone creatinine levels, 
Mm. You're not breaking down protein if your ammonia levels are high. But another way to know is, are you working out and you're not building muscle? Mm. We need amino acids, uh, which uh, proteins are made up of amino acids. Our proteins are broken down and then recombined to actually make muscle. If you burp after a meal, you haven't broken down your protein. Mm. If you see undigested food in your stool, you're not a great assimilator of protein. Mm. If your urine has ammonia spell mm. or there's a lot of, um, if it looks like, you know, it's a carbonated drink where there's a lot of fizz in your urine, that could be a sample of protein malabsorption. If you're hypoglycemic, that could be a function of protein malabsorption. So we look to the body to tell us um, what is it doing. Um, mm. In terms of sulfur, the way we might know is, well, we, I call asparagus a canary in the coal mine. If right. you eat a lot of asparagus and you can smell it on the way out, that's an indicator of you're potentially not really breaking down your sulfur very well. Makes sense. Right. The biggest one is if you have a sulfur allergy to, you know, to drug, a sulfur right. antibiotic, do not mm-hmm. eat sulfur-rich foods. <laughs> mm. So true. So, so there are some signs and symptoms that are pretty easy to, to, to tell. What about um, achy joints, headaches? Um, Absolutely. Yes, migraines, achy joints. Like yes. I said, rheumatoid arthritis is a link to impaired sulfur, mm-hmm. ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, mm-hmm. IBD, IBS. Mm-hmm. Um, the, really, sulfur, if you have um, mental health uh, concerns, uh, yes. depression, anxiety, that can be linked to sulfur processing as well and oxalates Mm. Oxalates as well. Because if you have, if you can't break down oxalates and you've had some candida or fungal or bacterial issues in your, uh, in your life and you have certain genetic predispositions that can actually disrupt dopamine metabolism, Mm -hmm. which then makes you anxious, hyper, manic, Mm -hmm. uh, OCD, you know, it can contribute to all of that symptomology. Such amazing information. You know, I we have someone that, that sent a question and they said, okay, but, you know, why all of the sudden? So people have been eating chicken and, and beef and, you know, like these issues are so prevalent today, right? Like this whole concept of sulfur and people not being able to process it or people being so low in all their micronutrients. Like, you know, people will say, well, we've been eating chicken for how long or vegetables and fruits, right? I always say, you know, if it grew in the ground or it had eyes, eat it and it's funny because that's something I've always said but but so what you're saying here is well maybe not maybe some things that grew on the ground are going to be okay for you but not all and if it had eyes you know maybe fish is going to be your thing but maybe not you know maybe salmon but maybe not um beef like uh, uh, all of a sudden is this because of the chemicals in our environment that you mentioned earlier? Is it because people's DNA is changing? Is it, is it things are shifting? Like what is, why now and why all of a sudden all these issues? Great, great question. So thank you listener mm-hmm. for sending in that question. Yeah. I believe it is a confluence of events. 90% of our soil, is, uh, 90% of the nutrients from our soil have been depleted. That's because we monocrop. And when we monocrop and we don't rotate our crops, those same crops will deplete the same nutrients from the soil year over year. Correct. That's number one. Mm -hmm. We're genetically modifying our uh, corn and our soya, number one and two crops, Mm -hmm. and then spraying um, liberal amounts of pesticides and herbicides Mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. So these are now um, both corn and 
soy are not only genetically modified, which our body doesn't quite understand what those constituents are, but they become mycotoxins, which are fungal metabolites, which then start a cascade of uh, events. In terms of our um, animals, it is not, I should say, I call chicken the dirty bird, but it should be called the bird we dirty, right? <laughs> so it wasn't the chicken's fault. It yes. wasn't the cow's fault. Right. It was It was our, um, our quest to feed more where we crowded our animals and we gave them antibiotics and we gave them steroids mm-hmm. and we weren't humane in their treatment has created differences in the quality of their tissues and so therefore when we eat them we can't assimilate them and so one of my one of my warning labels in my book is saying yes these wild game contain less amyloids because they've not been um, farm raised and generally um, are you know they therefore have a lower amyloid count but if we start creating farms and start crowding them and start doing the same thing we did to the cows and the chickens and the pork and the turkeys then over time these animals will be in the same space with mm-hmm. these animals so it's it's really about also as a wildetarian which is a noun as well is that to really really honor um, the macrocosm which is our planet and go to uh, sustainably uh, based farming, Mm. you know, support uh, smaller farms that treat their animals humanely, try to avoid the pesticides and the herbicides. It's not perfect, but it's, it's clearly better. And back to that glyphosate, it is such, it it has such a deleterious effect on our body. Not only, not only does it impact our body's ability to process sulfur, but it's a tricky little bugger. It mimics a very important amino acid by the name of glycine. Glycine is necessary for the production of hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric right. acid is necessary for the breakdown of animal protein. Mm. Hydrochloric acid is also necessary for the breakdown of biofilm that hosts and hides these pathogens. Mm. So now we've got a, an imposter. So when the body's making less glycine, we're not going to have all those benefits that we used to have before. And then the third piece to this little imposter and yes. really, really deleterious monster is that it impairs the making of the diverse population of bacteria yes. in our gut that used to be able to break down oxalates. Right. So oh, you so nail you, you nail it all here. This is just amazing. <laughs> really. You got Thank it. Thank you. So, so it's just, you know, it's really, we've hit a tipping point. And I've really observed it. I see thousands of clients um, every year mm-hmm. and really from all over the world. And what I have observed is when clients go away to Europe, they can eat, that, they can, eat they can, you know, be off plan and do really well. They come right. back here, they have one piece of toast in their, you know, their bedroom Bloating. for a day or two. Yes. Bloating, feeling, feeling really terrible. And so we literally hit a tipping point, and myself included, because even though I have all the genes of oxalate and sulfur, and, and I, I don't methylate well, and you need methyl donors to help make that hydrochloric acid. Correct. Um, you, I, I used to be able to eat um, black beans and, and, and mm. almonds, which are oxalate-rich. I'm Cuban. I grew up on black beans. <laughs> and now, now I have to be really careful. Yeah. And not oh, to say that I, I can't eat them. And last night I had a black bean burger, mm. uh, but I don't eat it every day. And I'm, you know, I make sure that I, I take appropriate, I take appropriate, just being responsible with my body. Yes. And, and one of the things that I, I want your listeners 
to really um, tune in on now is that I don't want them walking away from this podcast with fear. This is the whole wilditarian approach is one of empowerment because you're going to be informed to navigate your own biological terrain from an informed perspective rather than trying to play Russian roulette with a blindfold on and say, oh, I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in our practice, we call ourselves the last stop saloon because literally we get people that have been to multiple practitioners and we have doctors recommending us recommending to us, for, I don't even know some of these individuals from all over the country. So this is really, this is a, a philosophy of hope and empowerment and information rather than one of fear and deprivation. And um, I don't know. So I, I'm literally paralyzed. I love that you just said that and brought that up because as we head into the third and final segment of this interview, I was just thinking as we were wrapping up this segment, I was thinking, This is such powerful information, and I'm sure that many people are hearing, you know, a good portion of this for the first time. And so then it becomes, wow, what do I do with that? So what do I do with this information? And and so as we launch into our third and final segment, uh, when we come back from the break, I would love to hear again, because I know I know we intended to dig a little bit more into the diet this segment, and, and we just got off on such great information, but... What so people just learned a great deal of very powerful information. Where do they go next? What do they do with it? Obviously, your book is going to be an amazing tool, um, an amazing guide for people. It is, I mean, the work that you do is so relevant and so so impactful. Um, so I want to hear, like, let's now let's turn the page and say, what do people do with this? Okay, so. Wonderful. And do you want to talk about it now or after we, after let's, we come back? From let's break? go to break. And then as soon as we come back, we'll, we'll dive right in. Perfect. Okay, okay. great. Thanks so much, uh, everybody. We are here with Terry Cochran, author of the book, The Wildatarian Diet. You can find her at T-E-R-I-C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. Is that right? Dot yeah. com. Okay, great. We will be right back. You're listening to Body Talk with Heather Morgan, sponsored by EA's CrossFit. More information at 415-314-1399 or at eacrossfit.com. Whole Foods Market, located in the Sonoma Marketplace at 201 West Napa Street. You can contact them at 707-938-8500 or visit them on the web at wholefoodsmarket.com. Myers Financial, located at 670 West Napa Street in Sonoma. Myers Financial is a boutique wealth management firm. So whether you need personal or business financial management, wealth management, tax planning, or income tax preparation, Myers Financial is here to help. For more information, you can call Lillian at 800-734-1124 or visit their website at myersfinancial.com. Programming for KSVY is brought to you in part by the Tina Schoen Group, located at Sotheby's International Realty, Body Best Collision Center, and this health moment is brought to you in part by Sonoma Valley Hospital. Your mother was right. Eat your vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are important to our health, and the growing season brings so many fresh varieties to enjoy. They can help reduce the risk of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and some cancers. They also provide important vitamins, minerals, and fiber that keep our body healthy and strong. Try to include two servings of fruit and three servings of vegetables each day. A serving size is around a half a cup.
are back. It's our final segment with Terry Cochran today, author of the book, The Wildatarian Diet. I have been so passionate about your work and so interested. Not only does it affect me personally and help me personally, but I also know that um, you are so right on and relevant with all of the, 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 the deep research that you do and the, and the you know, just the, the way that you're approaching um, these sort of modern day um, health issues that are that are out there. So thank you for being thank with us. So My great pleasure. Yeah. So, okay. So we learned lots of great stuff in the last two segments. And really what I'd love to do now is say, okay, we've got all this information. You've just imparted an incredible amount of inf- information. Obviously, I think people should get your book. They need to have it. Everybody needs to have it. But let's talk about, okay, so what what do we do? People people have to go through a discovery piece, right? Maybe take the quiz. Are there tests? Like, what would be the process? So um, there's a whole continuum of how you kind of tiptoe into wildatarianism into a full deep dive into the wild pool. <laughs> yeah. So... The first thing you can do is, again, read the book and really become informed. Take the quiz, read the book. And then we have we have various programs. We have a seven-day wild detox that can okay. really help you set the stage. Okay, you just want to do a little dive. Go in and do our seven-day detox and see uh-huh. how you feel. Uh, we have a, a more robust and rich program, which is called the Wildatarian Heal and Seal Program, hmm. because I believe if we can heal our heal and seal our gut and heal and seal our genetic blueprinting that we can eat rocks and extract the minerals from the rocks. Now, of course, wow. that's, that's a euphemism, but no, I, know. I really I really believe that we can heal and seal. We, we can navigate through more complicated terrain, including the glyphosate and the amyloids and, and, and so forth and so on, the sulfur and the oxalates. Oh, my and goodness. That pro- yeah, that program has been, um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. It's a 45-day reset, and it has so much information. I have, you know, it's a five-part uh, series with videos, and um, we have really, it's an ebook and so many resources. And we did a, a little uh, launch on it last year, and people were saying, oh, my gosh, the first time in 60 years, I've never felt this good. Mm. So that's a really good um, way to understand the body. And then I've also developed my own line of supplements, that speak to, again, these big needle movers from a genetics perspective, mm-hmm. where we now know that if you put in potentially a turmeric in a, in a supplement, symphony, as I call it, it's going to put potentially for the, uh, those of us that are, that are um, predisposed to that phase one um, liver detoxification or mm-hmm. very sulfur sensitive like myself. And if you put in a lot of glutathione or alpha-lipoic acid or N-acetylcysteine, which are all very sulfur-rich. I get MSM, sick. Every time I take those, I get sick. There you go. So what I decided to do is through the uh, Biotics Research, which is a very um, well-respected company, I developed my own my own. Uh, what I call the trifecta mm-hmm. of supplements that really stay away from those big things that can cause us problems. Mm-hmm. Because even betaine uh, made from beets, if you have an oxalate issue, you're going to trip that oxalate metabolism. So mm-hmm. I, I really, I really very um, intentionally used botanicals and herbs that are to stay away from those big needle movers from a genetics perspective. So I have an immune support 
and then I have a stress support, and then I have my brand new supplement, which I'm super excited about, called Wild Life. Hmm. It is completely plant-based formulation to help. It's a it's an electrolyte support formula, but not only is it that, it really helps with oxalate metabolism, with sulfur metabolism. Sure. It has arginine, which is so important for our nitric oxide. Mm-hmm. It helps with uric acid levels, and it's just three simple ingredients of watermelon, cilantro, and sea salt, but in the way that I formulated it, and the cilantro is organic, the way that I formulated it, there, my secret sauce has really helped individuals tremendously. Interesting. Um, and so I've, I've got what I feel is a really great um, tri- triumvirate of uh, balancing the stress, which is the part of the fat piece of, of the, the uh, sulfur, excuse sure. me, of the wildatarian construct mm-hmm. and sulfur oxalate and then the antimicrobials through the immune mover. So yes. really proud of that. That's another way to reach me. And then, of course, you can come see us. Uh, we're here in the metro D.C. area for those of you that you feel like you need, you know, that granular, super granular yes. support. Okay, so you do have a, a clinic where you see patients and um, people can come and go through your program. Yes. Okay, amazing. And then, um, so, so how do you have people do genetic testing or how, like, you know, because ta- you've talked a lot about sort of these genetic um issues that people have not everybody has them some do some people don't know um, I know your quizzes sort of help people to determine a little bit what their experience is but so tell us how do people know if for in fact they're having an issue with say sulfur because there's those nutrients that we discussed like n-acetylcysteine glutathione all those sulfury compounds can be they're vital, like we absolutely need them yes. and, 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 and necessary for so many people. So how do we know who's that, who's that right candidate? So another great question. And so mm-hmm. we, my, my naturopath here, we, we use either um, Ancestry.com or 23andMe, and we look at their genetic predispositions. Okay. But what I've done, but, and we can, do, we can do that, of course, and we mm-hmm. do offer that, but we have, I've developed my own methodology within the umbrella of applied kinesiology, and nice. we, we muscle test in office, and that helps us to understand and discern what's happening with your body in real time. Mm. And so not only do okay. we muscle test from a certain genetic predispositions, but we also look to, are those supplements right for you right now? Um, and so, for example, yes, of course we need glutathione. It's such a master antioxidant. Mm-hmm. But one way to make glutathione is take selenium if you can't. Mm-hmm. It's a precursor right, to, to glutathione. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we support around it, uh, B6 in the form of P5P helps with our sulfur and our oxalate metabolism. Mm-hmm. Choline helps with methylation, especially if there's, there's uh, the COMT polymorphism, which also has to do with um, dopamine metabolism because choline is so important in that. And so there are certain things that, that are married together, and if the body is able to assimilate them, we, um, we, we put them together to, to know what is it for you right now. And my protocol is very, very intentional as well. It, you know, if we're looking to support a viral uh, situation or mm-hmm. um, a, a fungal or bacterial, we're not going to try to hit them with the big guns 
of antimicrobials before I understand that they're methylation and sulfation pathways and yes. their phase one liver detoxification. If we first have to look at let's, deto- let's make sure those channels are open, that their lymphatic system is, is working appropriately, yes. that their gut is able to, to manage, you know, the die-off and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so intention and order, because our body is a brilliant machine, but it's so smart that it understands order. When things are out of order, we will be out of order, even if we're trying to do the right thing. No question about it. And again, you know, just uh, the the work that you do are doing is so outstanding. And and you know, through just having experienced your work myself, but also, you know, just just hearing and reading and seeing this whole process and approach. Could people through your book? sort of get the benefits of the type of work that you're doing by utilizing your book or are there online programs or anything else that they might be able to tap into? Absolutely. And again, I I feel that, you know, when you become informed and you really start tuning in and listening to your body, because if if, when people ask me, Terry, what really, what are you really? Mm -hmm. I'm an educator. You are. And I, and I, I believe that I not only educate, but I help inspire people to be hopeful about what it is that their body's telling them right. instead of from a place of fear and darkness, right, where I'm mm-hmm. like, I have, I have no idea, and I tried all the right things. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I say, these are, you're eating all the right wrong foods, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you're taking all the right wrong supplements. Love it. So it. It, it is. I, th- it. I think that the Heal and Seal program is a phenomenal program. The book is, you know, is kind of your introduction into this world of, you know, okay, being great. wild. Yes. And and the programs are, are They're really They're all available um, online. Really great. They're all available online. And I actually, I was at a conference. I'd never met this lady. She found me in the bathroom. She says, oh, my gosh, I read your book. And that 20-year rash that I had was sulfur, Terry, and I don't have it anymore. Amazing. You know, I, stopped, I stopped eating all my sulfur-rich foods that I was told were so good for me, and what do you know? My rash is better. Mm. It's gone. Yeah. So it's it's food. so interesting. And b- before I took my 23andMe and before I did any, any you know genetic testing or whatever, I had all the signs and symptoms of sulfur metabolism, you know, not being able to process sulfur. And my doctor mm-hmm. at the time, who was an integrative professional, and this was 12 years ago. Wow. At least, right? Literally. Wow. So she determined that I, I don't process sulfur. Well, at the time, there were very few people doing the genetic testing. She knew of someone, mm-hmm. I think, in like Ohio or something. Sent oh me there. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. She was so far ahead of her time. And she's actually passed away now, which is really, really unfortunate because she was so brilliant. She reminds me of you, actually. And this was oh. quite a while ago. And just, you know, but she actually, to, you know, said sulfur. I, I really believe sulfur is a big part of your issue. Mm-hmm. You need to do this. And then she handed me a study. And the study was about ALS, interestingly. And I don't know if you've come across, but if you just Google ALS and sulfur, there's just so much that you just realize. Yeah, and they've done a lot of studies where they remove people with ALS off of sulfur and their symptoms greatly improve. Have you had any experience there? Yes, I have. And I, I've worked with ALS and I've worked with a lot of Parkinson's. And actually, I had the, the pleasure of meeting Dr. Paul Katz, who's an ethnobotanist, mm. who has, who is so brilliant. He's coming out with a documentary later this year that's actually being um, narrated by Harrison Ford, um, where he has really linked ALS to 
cyanobacteria. And that cyanobacteria, of course, builds biofilm, and that biofilm is oxalates, and oxalates and the sulfur mechanism, which creates a, um, a, the sulfur mechanism hits the nervous system, cystathione beta synthase. I call that the CBS central broadcasting station. (laughs) That's the sulfur uh, mechanism, uh, polymorphism that disrupts neurotransmission. Yes. And so, a hundred percent. Yes. yes, and so indeed, it's 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 not just one thing, but it's a big contributory because when you're feeding the body sulfur, you can actually irritate the myelin mm-hmm. and disrupt mm-hmm. and dislodge that mm-hmm. that neurotransmitter um, model, which is so critical mm-hmm. to regulating our our neurology and, and our executive functioning and, and and so forth and so on. This is just so important. And again, not everybody has this issue, right? I mean, we just need to know. You've worked with enough people to know that there are some people that when they reduce it, they're healthier. Um, This is a process for sure. I just want to put that out there more. But bringing this to the forefront, there's never really been any attention to sulfur and how it can impact our health. Um, We are at the end of our show. Unfortunately, I can't believe it. Our time was went by so quickly together, but I'm so grateful, Terry, that you joined us today. I've just, you know, like I said, you are one of the most brilliant um, healthcare providers out there, and I'm so glad you're with us. And I'd love to do a follow-up show at some point. Um, I, you know, I've, I've utilized some of the great information from your book. I personally want to go and do your, your, your program more specifically. And I'd love to, to maybe share about that in the future. If we could do that, I would love that. I would love that. Well, thank you for your very generous words. That means so much. And you know, the reason I got into this, uh, just to kind of give you the backstory, I was told my son would never be normal. I had a big corporate career and I became that mother that wanted to be that voice for other mothers that was told your child is not normal and deal with it. Oh my gosh. And so that's the whole impetus. That's correct. And it's funny, one of our, another one of our listeners sent in a question about your children. So can we come back together here on the air and do a, a 2.0? And can we, can we start that show off hearing your story about your children? Absolutely. I would love it. Okay, wonderful. Well, again, Terry Cochran, thank you for joining us today, author of The Wildatarian Diet. So appreciative. Everybody have a great weekend. Everyone go out and be well. Thank you so much.